If you're talking sports, it's the matchup. Mickey here with Zizzy. Yeah, we cutting it up. Just a couple athletic enthusiasts. You know what it is. The Mickey Zizzy Podcast. What's going on, everybody? We are back with another exciting episode. Episode 23 of Season 2, of course. Make sure that you get caught up on all your sports and feature guests right here on the Mickey Zizzy Podcast. Brought to you by none other than Pinnacle Supplementation. Make sure you check out their site. From all their workout, dietary, and supplement needs, use that promo code MickeyZizzy to receive your free merchandise with a purchase from blender bottles and merchandising, the supplements and protein powder. Pinnacle Supplementation has you covered. Make sure to check out their new bundles as well so you can save yourself money and make sure you reach your pinnacle. That's what we are all about here on the podcast. Also, make sure to catch up on the previous episode where Mickey interviewed the owner and coach of the OBA Quad Cities United. Devlin Anderson, a.k.a. Mr. D. Shout him out and tune in to listen to a great basketball story. Now, I am Zizzy Yank, your co-host, joined by Mickey Hines, as always. So, here we go. Talk to me, Mick. You're mo- you were uh, mobile yesterday, but here we are on a Saturday morning. You're ready? Let's get it, man. Good morning, good morning. Everyone, wake up. Get a nice big stretch. Pour, your- pour yourself a nice bowl of cereal, maybe some cinnamon toast crunch. <laughs> I'm loving the energy from the uh, Florida, from the south side down there. But uh, it was a really bad football week. One in three in fantasy teams. Pickums went pretty bad for me. Middle of the pack, like six and six. I think I went seven and six. The Bears lost. The Packers won. The Hawks didn't play. The Mustangs didn't make the playoffs. The Rams lost. It was. A very sad football weekend, but you know, you know what's great? We got a whole new uh, next week of football, but let's uh, really digest last week in that kind of crazy slash, in my opinion, very sad football weekend. Well, there's always, I mean, there's a lot to talk about with football. I will agree with you. I mean, a lot of the matchups didn't go the way that a lot of us thought it would, especially when we're talking about the pickums. obviously, uh, the Mount Vernon playoff situation. We don't even have to get in all that. We know that was a little bit BS, but as always, we have to start out our episode with the person or persons of the week. Not sure who we all have going on, but let's get to that first. And then, of course, we'll talk our football. Who you got this week, Mickey? Yeah, of course, there's all around football, but I had the you know luxury to go to Lisbon High School last night. That's why I was a little bit mobile last uh, last night to go see some of my cousins play. They play on Lisbon High School football team, but also watch the coach Phil Whitman, and he's gonna be my person of the week because two years ago he was my mentor teacher, so he was a person who I got to follow when I was student teaching, and I got to help actually teach some of those athletes, you know, when they were sophomores. And now I got to see him playing senior year, like playoff football. And the atmosphere of small town Iowa football is electric. Okay. There's no, you know, really big turfs. The stands are absolutely packed because, you know, the stadium isn't as big. And they're even lined up along the fence line watching this game. And just being, you know, in the, the bleachers instead of on the field, it was just kind of a new, you know, way to look at the game. And see it from that side, and it was awesome. But uh, definitely shout out to Phil because he helped me become, uh, helped me with all the my teacher and like a little nicks in here and there of how I can become a good teacher. But also as a football coach, he's a great person. I know the community really rallies around him. So Phil Whitman is my person of the week. 
That's awesome. Man. Shout out, Phil. Um, I mean, obviously, none of us do really anything in life without having the support and the help of others. Um, and we can always appreciate the ones that make us uh, the better ourselves moving forward in the future. So for you, obviously, you've got, gone on to become a great teacher yourself. And if he's one of the people that were, was able to help you do that, that's awesome. Also, the coaching and being a player and everything from the past. So shout out, Phil, man. That's awesome. Uh, for me. It's actually going to be the people of the week. And really, it's just a, it's just a celebration of some of my best friends uh, growing up. So I've got Milton, a.k.a. Javon Spradley, uh, and Colin Layton. Uh, pretty much my two best. Uh, I mean, I've got, obviously, my man Mickey over here. But we got uh, my some of my best friends really growing up. They both had birthdays this week. So I just wanted to celebrate them. Uh, Javon and Colin both hitting the quarter century mark. Uh, we, we got history. We're we're historical here now. Uh, but but now just was able to celebrate with uh, Javon. Obviously, he's my roommate, so was able to celebrate with him. Colin's back home down in the Cape Coral area, so I will get with him whenever I visit down there to see family and whatever else again. But everyone's doing well. Uh, it's just just a weekend to celebrate. Just a week and a weekend to celebrate them. Uh, nothing really too crazy, but. Always got to shout out the people that you love and support you, make your life a little bit better. So shout out Milton and Colin. Oh, yeah, Ooh. I know. I've never got to met Colin. I think I've met him once or twice, but uh, definitely Milton. Huge shout out to him. He's always a great friend in his skating career. But uh, <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, man. Colin would have been something if you got, if he had gotten to stick around with us at Cornell, man. I'm telling you, he might have been a better linebacker than I was. So here we are. Here we are. But. Let's move on. Like you said, we've got a lot of NFL to talk about today. Get our recap from last week, always uh, heading into this week. That's a, it's a new week. It's a new chapter. There's new storylines. Uh, but let's recap what happened last week, man. Starting with week seven. Where are we starting? So we're going to start with the Beat the Podcast NFL Pickums. Now our champion last week was Zach Novick, who's been kind of at the bottom of the – Whole standings on a whole, but he went eleven and two last week. He had a very I don't good know week. how how he finally popped a week off. The <laughs> Chandler Sims, who's kind of in that same boat as Zach, had a ten and three week, and then there was Ben Alger and Omar Hernandez, Nolan Tubal, and Aaron Nicholas all at nine and four. And then there's yours truly, Zizzy Yank, Aaron Halpern, <clears throat> Shyamino, Stephen Ruiz, all had eight and five. And then your boy seven and six, and so on. Don't have to name off everyone. But the standings, I'll just give you the top three. Zizzy is still in the lead by one win, 75-32. and 32. Hold that Cheyenne Mino, 74-33. and 33. Then tied for third at 72-35 and 35 are Stephen Rees and Mason Davis. I have now fallen out of the top three, but oh, no. don't sleep on me. Uh, there's your top three. There's kind of your recap. Kind of a crazy week for Beat the Podcast. Yeah, man. I mean, like I said, last week was just a crazy week. At least it felt personally, and I feel like it was kind of across the board for the Pickums. I mean, there's just a lot of games that ended in ways that we necessarily didn't expect. I mean, it, even if we thought the game was going to be close, I mean, we're talking – we could look at the Chiefs. I mean, I personally would look at the Falcons. We're talking Bengals, Ravens. There, there's a lot of games that had some crazy outcomes. So, um, it was kind of, it was fun. It made for a fun week of watching football, but as far as the Pickums, yeah. I mean, shout-out Novick, shout-out – everybody that was able to even have a solid week with the pickums because personally I thought it was one of our more difficult weeks. So moving forward, we'll see if we can bounce back. Uh, all y'all keep following the leader. I'm liking it. Oh yeah. Um, I don't really don't like the follow the leader. I'm going to be back <laughs> soon. All right. We got to look ourselves in the mirror and we got to figure out what picks are we going to make? Don't go just with the right away. 
do a little bit more research, go with the heart. But uh, moving on, we're going to start with that recap, just like you said. Um, love the energies. Pick me back up after this uh, crazy week. I want to go somewhere completely different because okay. I have some good things to talk about. Okay. The Bengals and the Ravens, 41 to 17. Huh? The Bengals? Are they legit? Zizzy? I'm going to go with the answer. Yes. Now, Baltimore Ravens have slid by some teams, some teams that they said they're capably blown out, but they've also blown out some really good teams like the Chargers. The Bengals mm-hmm. have lost to Chicago. Chicago's a good team. Maybe we'll talk about them today. Maybe we won't. But let's just look at this game. They came to rise up to the occasion. They came to rise up to the challenge. They had the Baltimore Ravens at in-conference, in-division rival, and they said, hey, we're going to take it to you. And Joey B, Joe Burrow, looked like he was wearing an LSU jersey. Four sixteen yards and three touchdowns. Yeah, he had one interception, but that is the reason why this team went and got Joe Burrow for those numbers exactly. <clears throat> He's finally coming alive and showing, even after that injury, comeback player of the year. Here we come, Joe Burrow. I mean, it's to be really tough because Dak Prescott too, but like you have to remember, he this is kind of still part of his rookie year. <clears throat> So, like, go Joe Burrow. Then you also have Joe Mixon, which everyone loves Joe Mixon. I've never been hyped up on Joe Mixon, but he's going to get you solid stats, and he's the running back, you know, that's going to take a little bit more of a pay cut, not being a top five, quote-unquote, running back for this team. And then the big storyline, Yank, 200 yards. Are we playing Madden right now? Jamar Chase said, everyone come and chase me to the end zone with one touchdown. Absolutely incredible. That connection of what we said is already flourishing. It's already blooming into this great thing. And they've only played, what, seven games together? Mm-hmm. I would be scared to be in that division because the Browns are beat up. They went and beat the Ravens. Pittsburgh's not Pittsburgh anymore. Oh, that's all they got to play twice a year. The Bengals are the real deal. It's because that Joey B and that Jamar Chase connection is real. And that defense can stop high-power offices. Like Lamar Jackson, like we saw Baltimore get shut down last week. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the the Cincinnati Bengals, man, what a story. I mean, a few years ago, I mean, we talked about their great start a few years ago, but then they're what? They win two games maybe, I think, a, f- a couple seasons ago. I mean, they were big time struggling. Joey B comes out his rookie year, t- uh, blows out his knee, and they go right back to the same struggling team that they were. He returns this year. And here they are, five and two, the current number one seed in the AFC. Isn't that crazy? The entire the entire AFC. They are the number one seed. Um, but when you're talking about this game versus the Ravens, I mean, I, I'll be honest. I picked the Ravens coming in. I mean, this is one of those situations where the Ravens had just dominated the Chargers, like blew them out. They were a four and one team. They're a five and one team coming in. They're supposedly uh, have one of the most dangerous quarterbacks at the position. I mean, from a dual threat standpoint, and their defense has been playing great regardless of the injuries that were happening to them. But then Joey B comes in, throws the 400 yards. Like you said, Jamar Chase has got to be the hands down rookie of the year. Um, Even at this point, I'm ready to put that vote in. I don't care if we have over half the season remaining. But when you come in against a team that has been playing well against everybody, has been giving everybody problems, you hold that dynamic offense to only 17 points. Because I mean, shout out the defense. We we don't talk about that defense enough, but they've been playing tough against everybody. 
And then, of course, the offense. I mean, Joey B is going to throw 415 yards for three touchdowns. Jamar Chase with 200 yards receiving. C.J. Uzuma has just he, – he's, he's shown up when he needs to. He's not going to do it every single game. But, I mean, 91 yards on three catches with two touchdowns. I mean, get it done, man. That's all you got to ask. Um, and, again, like you said, Joe Mixon. Not always going to be in the top five of running backs like everybody thinks, but when you talk about his workload this year, I mean, he's averaging 15 carries a game. And he's taking, I mean, he's averaging almost five yards a carry on those carries. So, I mean, he's doing exactly what he needs to do. Perrine has, uh, I think that's how you, is it Perrine or Perrine? I know he used to play. Yeah, Perron. All right. Uh, he comes in even as a backup and gets himself 50 yards, breaks off a 46-yarder and gets a touchdown out of it. I mean, they came to play the game, and now they're the number one seed in the AFC, number one seed in their division, which is a tough division. Obviously, you've got the Ravens. The Steelers are never going to be an easy out, but they're not the same team as they always were. Um, I mean, it's, it's, it's a great story for the Cincinnati Bengals moving forward you have to love the fact that their core is so young because it gives it only uh takes their uh, their future trajectory even higher than what people think as of right now but to be five and two at this point number one seed in the AFC it's astounding and then you look at the other side for the Ravens yeah it was a bad loss for them but they're not going to go away anytime soon this is still going to be a great team. Lamar Jackson was always going to be dangerous. It's not like he really had any turnovers. They just couldn't really get anything stimulated for the entire game on offense. So it's a bad game. You're going to have to lose some. Nobody in the league is undefeated. So at some point, you got to take your L's. But it was a big divisional game. And this says a lot for the Cincinnati Bengals. The Bengals you brought up, first I wanted to shout out was uh, CJ. And yes, he's the guy where you pick up on fantasy this week and he only gets you like three or four points for the next three weeks. And you drop <laughs> him because you're like, wow, this guy doesn't do anything. And he goes pops off for another two touchdown, 90 yard game. Yeah. Granted, it was a uh, national tight end. So they spent my head something to do with it. But True. yeah, he I mean, he's a very solid uh, tight end. He's one of those guys like once again, like, you know, obviously you can't have all the best players. Yank. You can't have all the number ones. No. At some point in your roster, you have to someone who's the 15th best, the 13th best, but that 13th best tight end can go out and ball out and have a game. And that's like the potential of what this guy could be. Now, is it going to happen every week? No, but you still need that guy to have that potential to do that. Now, real quick, uh, my last thing is that Ravens team. Like that Ravens team, even with all their injuries, still has some dudes. I mean, they have For sure. Dante Freeman. And Le'Veon Bell, like once upon a time, superstars. Like they were at the head of the fantasy leaderboards of running backs. And mm-hmm. now it's kind of like the island of misfit toys. And I'm not saying that in a bad thing because, I mean, they are great players. Like no one else wanted to take a chance on them. And the Ravens are like, yes, this is like gold to them. So kind of yeah, like last absolutely. week against the Chargers, if they can establish that running game, that Ravens team is definitely crazy. Lamar Jackson, I mean, amazing runner, can't be the leading rusher. I mean, probably can and they'll still win. Well, it can but... be, but I wouldn't say it needs to happen every game like that. I mean, you've got to be able to dish it off and everything, and that's why they have they brought in Devontae and Le'Veon Bell. Obviously, losing Gus Edwards and uh, they uh, they lost another running back as well. Losing them is always going to hurt you. It's not exactly what you would want. It's not ideal, but uh, I mean, it, you have to make do with what you have. And Lamar Jackson, no matter how great he is, you have to have other support when it comes to the run game. Yeah, so, I mean, once they get that running game back, that Ravens seems to be even more scary because Lamar Jackson can throw the rock. I mean, we saw two yep. weeks ago with that, five, what, 400, 500-yard 500 total yard yep. game, like insane. 
Yeah. Um, I mean, he has the receivers. I mean, Hollywood Brown can do his thing as long as he controls his draws. Rashad Bateman is coming back after his injury. He had 80 yards. I mean, Mark Andrews is one of the premier tight ends in the league at this point. I mean, they, they have the weapons. It's just not every day is your day. It was a bad game. I mean, again, to me, the biggest thing that stood out isn't not just isn't just the fact that we like Jamar Chase is a solidified superstar seven games into his career. I mean, this guy has the most receiving yards by a receiver in his first seven games in a career. I mean, we we understand what he is doing. I mean, 200 yards in a game is ridiculous, averaging 25 yards a catch. But the defense, man, when you come out, you keep Lamar Jackson in the pocket, you get five sacks on Lamar Jackson. This is the hardest quarterback in the lead to tackle. I mean, Kyler Murray is just as shifty, but he doesn't have the size that Lamar Jackson has necessarily. So, I mean, when you're talking about this defense, what impressed me watching the game is just how the DNs were able to come up the field. And any time that Lamar Jackson made a move to step up in the pocket, they move with him. They play the defensive line as a committee. They don't all have, they're not all focused on one player trying to make all the plays, the quarterback hits and the sacks. They work as a committee and they keep the quarterback in the pocket. They force him into weird, tough situations where they can't really run or escape. And they get the sacks that they need, and it causes turnovers and tough situations for the offense moving forward. I love this Bengals defense moving forward, and I love this Bengals team moving forward now that we're really seeing the true emergence of what Joe Burrow was supposed to be and Jamar Chase. Oh, yeah. Uh, A lot of good things. I mean, the Bengals are legit. There's the answer to your question, and they're going to be a team with now a target on their back. They're going to want to be – People are going to be biting at the bit to be like, hey, we want to play the Bengals and beat this number one team. So, I mean, they're here. They're ready to play. Moving on to my next game. The next big recap here is the L.A. Rams versus the Detroit Lions. The revenge game. The big trade that happened this past offseason with Jared Goff and Matt Stafford. Now, the reason why I wanted to is, Make special teams special, baby. <laughs> I was having a day. After they go score on the opening kickoff, they go in onside, kick it, and get it. They said, we're playing for it. We are not backing down to a so-called number one team in the NFC, quote-unquote. So they get the onside kick, and they drive and get a field goal. Huh? The Lions are up 10-0. to zero. Here comes the Lions trying to itch in that revenge game for that first W. Jared Goff is trying to prove to him that they made the wrong decision. Well, it didn't last that long. Went scored a touchdown. Went and got a field goal for the uh, Rams. But then a fake punt, a passing uh, punt on fourth down. Let's go. Making special teams, throwing in all the trick plays that you possibly can. Throwing the entire farm at the Rams here. Trying to beat them. Trying everything and anything to beat them. Like, go, Coach Campbell. Gotta love it. But in the end, after all the excitement, the Rams do win. 28 to 19. And I will say this. Rams first time they started out 0-7 was and last time was in 2008 and they went 0-16. Now can the Lions break the record and go 0-17? I say no. They're going to catch a W this week. I've been putting Detroit on a few weeks here trying to get that Ooh. W because I believe in them over the Eagles this week. So there's one of my giveaways for this week. But they're trying and their dudes is trying to win. And you can tell you can tell from the coaching staff, they're not just going running through all the plays like run, 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 punt, run, 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 punt. You know, they're trying to trick play. They're trying to onside. They're trying to say, hey, we're trying any way to beat them. We can't beat them straight up. We got to do it. I mean, there's a reason why they call them trick plays. We got to try to trick their team and get a cheap score, you know, quote, unquote. And I love it. So we'll see. 
how it goes for the Lions. But also, for the Rams, I mean, Matthew Stafford, 334 for three touchdowns. He is playing. Uh, this offense was almost made for him. Him and Sean McVay are still thriving as a group. But uh, that receiving core, I will say, is quietly good. Cooper Cup, top five wide receiver in the league. Mm-hmm. I mean, at this point, I have to say, and I hate it because I never was hyped on him when we would always do fantasy and whatnot. But I finally seen the light. I finally opened up my eyes, cleared off the glasses, and said Cooper Cup's the real deal. Robert Woods, still solid. Tyler Hickey, still solid. The Van Jefferson kid, I went and picked him up on fantasy. He had a good week, 43 yards and a touchdown. Like, okay, as your third straight, your third best receiver. So, this Rams team, and then their defense, we already talked about, is uncannable. They are strictly amazing. But, thanks, Nala. Sorry, my cat's going crazy. Good. Let her go crazy, man. But, no, uh, I feel you. Yeah. When you, talk, when you talk about the Lions, I'm with you. I don't think that this is going to be an over team. I think that they go and get a win. I think that they are playing extremely hard, or at least trying to, for Coach Campbell. Coach Campbell is coming out and saying he knows that this is kind of like they're not expected to do anything playoffs-wise or anything else, but he's trying to build a culture, establish a culture. And for him to come out and start off the game with uh, – I mean, start off the game with scoring down, going down, scoring a touchdown, getting an onside kick, doing a fake punt, doing everything they can to go up 10 nothing against one of the best teams in the NFL – I mean, that shows you exactly what he's trying to do. He's here to win. He's not here to just go through the motions for the rest of the season and try and just, like, get through it. Like, we we understand from a player perspective that this is the type of coach that you would want to play for. Now, my statement from last week kind of stays the same. As good as a start that – as good as a start as they had, Jared Goff has to step up in the situations to where – you can allow yourself to win a game. I mean, yes, they started out 10 nothing, but from there, he only has the one touchdown. He has two interceptions. He has more turnovers and touchdowns. You can't do that as a starting quarterback in the NFL, especially against a team like the Rams. Um, DeAndre Swift continues to do his thing. I know they're hurting at the receiving position just because of some injuries and things like that, but I'm with you. I think Detroit will get their uh, first win here sometime soon. I have to decide if it will be this week as well for me to put them in the pickums. I have them in there as of right now. Uh, a little sneak peek as well, but I'm always subject to change right before kickoff. Even though <laughs> you, should, you should stick to your first pick, everybody. Stay with your gut, but we'll see what happens with that. Um, as far as the Rams, man, I mean, I take this game as the cream rises to the top. I mean, you look at this game for Matthew Stafford. It's I don't say it's a revenge game because he doesn't have any ill will against the Detroit Lions. I mean, when you listen to his mic up sound bites, I mean, he's over there. He's rooting for he's rooting for those guys. He's wishing them well. He's hoping that they do go out and get that win. But we know who won this trade. We know that the Rams got better at the quarterback position with Matthew Stafford. I mean, he proved it on Sunday. 335 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions. He's got the great receiving core. I mean, Cooper Cup, as much as we talk about Jamar Chase and the things that he's doing, he had a like Jamar Chase is a 200 yard receiving week. You're thinking, okay, he's definitely about to be the leader in receiving yards after week seven. But then oh. Cooper Cup says, nah, not too fat, not so fast. I've got 156 yards of my own with two touchdowns to go for it. So Cooper Cup is the number one receiver in the NFL right now as far as receiving yards. And I believe he's up there with touchdowns as well. So it's impressive. They have Robert Woods. They've got Van Jefferson, like you said. Daryl Henderson's out of the backfield. Sony Michelle comes in if they need that help. 
and Matthew Stafford's at the helm. This is an amazing team. It's one of the best in the NFL. I've been saying that for a few weeks now. Um, their only loss was to the Arizona Cardinals, who up until Thursday night was undefeated. So, I mean, what is there really to say negatively about the Los Angeles Rams? On defense, they have Aaron Donald. They have Jalen Ramsey. They have Leonard Floyd. They have great players across the board, and this is going to be a team that makes a deep playoff run. So, yeah, they go down 10 nothing against the Lions early, but they bounce back because the cream always rises to the top. Um, I just I think that this is exactly – what we all expected as far as our pickums coming out of this game. But like I said, it was interesting to see the Lions at least go for it, really show that they are out here trying to win, show that they have um, they have fight left in them, regardless of what their record says. And I hope that moving forward, they're able to do well and produce some wins. Oh, yeah. Now going into my final team, there's a lot of thinking, as if I would. But I feel like I got to address the uh... – situation that happened to the <laughs> Chicago Bears this uh, week. There's also another team in the NFL who lost 35-3. to That team has now turned into a seven-game winning streak. Okay? So it's not impossible, and they're uh, three and four Chicago Bears. You're not out of it by any means. Yes, it was very disturbing to watch. The Buccaneers had a lot to play for. Tristan Wirfs had a lot to play for. After So the Chicago Bears tweeted a picture like, no man should have all this power. It was Khalil Mack flipping Tristan Wirfs. You know what Tristan Wirfs did after the game? Posted on the story. And he said, uh, and it was the picture of like, you know, like the how on someone's car it says the name of the song. It was yeah. the song Power. I was like, oof, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. That's pretty elite. And then he also tweeted something, like retweeted that again after uh, that game. But So that was cool. That was the big highlight, in my opinion. But the big thing here is the rookie quarterback, Justin Fields, made rookie mistakes. The moment mm-hmm. got too big for him. And that's going that's to happen. Going to I am not expecting Justin Fields to come out here and be the best quarterback in the league. Like He's going to have rookie struggles. Every quarterback does. The three interceptions, yeah. I mean, he was the last quarterback to do that this year. I mean, Trevor, Slor- Trevor Lawrence has. Zach Wilson, we know, definitely has. Um, the I mean, Trey Lance wasn't even that good in his first start. So, we've seen this by this rookie class. And now we look at the other things. Khalil Herbert, another 100-yard rushing game. Like, our running backs are set. And that's also kudos to our line. Our line can run block. The pass blocking is where we really struggle. It's a huge flip. Like, us going forward is good. Us going backwards, uh-oh. And lastly, um, a lot of people are trying to blame it on the receivers getting open here in this game. And maybe maybe so, but it's also just feels trying to trust them. I think he waited that half, two seconds. And in college, you can do that. You, If you're really good, all right, let him get set up. My, I have the best offensive line, a whole bunch of five stars in the nation. But in the NFL, they're all five stars. They're all the best of the best. So you don't have that extra half second to – all right, do I need to leave the pocket or can I throw and wait for another two seconds for my guy to be really, really open? He has to get used to throwing the ball to NFL open individuals. Darnell Mooney can get NFL open any day of the week against any defender. Okay. But also, I mean, we, we shared the rock like no other. We had tight ends, fullbacks catching it, running backs, tight ends. I mean, everyone. 
So, as an offense, we needed to kind of change that to get it to our best guys, Allen Robinson, Darnell Moody, majority of the time. You see winning football teams like the Rams, they pass it to their three top guys all the time to go let them go make plays. You see, dare I say it, the Packers pass it to their top guys. You see Tom Brady pass it to his top guys. So, you have to figure out a way to create this offense so that you can do that instead of sharing the wealth. It's nice to share the wealth, Yank, it is. But you have to figure that out. Now, my last little part about this is the Buccaneers did pop off. I mean, Tom Brady, yeah, only two seven, but he didn't need to. When the defense creates turnovers and gives you a short field and you just go score a touchdown, we were talking about breaking the NFL record. Seven touchdowns when we were all talking with one another. Playoff Lenny having himself a day. Five yards per carry. Rojo, we forgot about Ronald Jones for a little bit. He has six yards per carry. So the Bucs were just having their way with that game. They're, whatever they wanted to do, they were going to do. It was a nice tune-up game for the Bucks. They showed that, hey, we are the Super Bowl champs. Put some spec on our name. And the defense for Chicago just could not hang. They were on the field a lot. They were always, you know, cards were always short field. So in the all scheme of things, I know I've been talking your ear off of trying to give me some kind of hope, but I think I've talked to my hope, hope back into myself. Uh, so I think this was a more a thing for me and then for you and for the people listening. But the Bears will be back. There's a saying Haley always says, you take a piece of paper, the adversity, the bad thing that happened, you crumple it up, throw it to the side. All right? Now we have a new week, new challenge, the 49ers. We forget about last week. Boom. Let it go. We don't care. We have a good opportunity against the 49ers. It's coming up week. And let's go. There's you know, very elongated. You know, like I, I always appreciate you, man, because you really do try to find the positive in something, especially when it comes to this Bears team, when there is really no positive to be ha- found. I mean, I I agree with you. Maybe the fact that he got it to nine different receivers is cool, but I mean, when your it's top receiver is still Cole Komet and you're and you only get three receptions or four receptions out of your top guys in Mooney and Robinson, you just, we just got to find more production on the off, offensive side of the ball. What this game comes down to is really who's the better team. I mean, we all look at this, and it's not like many people. I mean, I know you as a fan would, but not many people really expect the Bears to come in and win this game. Okay, they have the Buccaneers have one loss to the Los Angeles Rams, who again are one of the other best teams in the NFL. Other than that, they looked pretty unstoppable. Tom Brady might be the MVP at 44 years of age right now. I mean, he came out. Yeah, he had 200 yards and four touchdowns, but basically all that is in the is in the first half. I mean, they didn't really have to do much. I mean, they brought in the backup by the end of the game to play quarterback. And it is what it is. Not every team, not every week is going to be great for every team. The Bears had a very bad week. They struggled. I mean, on defense, they got one quarterback hit. It's Khalil Mack left without a quarterback hurry, without a quarterback sack. And that is, of course, like we said to our man Tristan Wirth, shout him out. You can go check out his interview on the podcast as well. But. I mean, when he's out there doing his thing, he had a point to prove. A lot of people on the Bucks have come out, and they have a point to prove. The defense had kind of struggled in a few games this year. So for them to come out and force the amount of turnovers that they had, I mean, it, sh- it shows why they're one of the best teams in the NFL and a lot of people's favorite out of the NFC. Um, Leonard Fournette, like you mentioned, he isn't playoff Lenny anymore. He is a he is a legit regular season. Lenny. He is a regular season play. I don't matter. That man is running. 
his tail off. I mean, over five yards of carry. I want to say it's about five yards of carry on the season now. Ronald Jones even got in the mix, like you said, with six yards of carry. Chris Godwin getting over 100 yards. Mike Evans. Like you said, find your best receivers. They didn't even have Antonio Brown playing this week. So, I mean, they could have been even better. Um, but, yeah, let's talk about those Bears, right? I mean, it, it, they do have a rookie quarterback. He's going to have rookie games. And he struggled mightily. We, you and I talked about it a little bit. When you go down against a team as good of, as good as the Buccaneers are, and you're playing as a rookie across the field from some guy named Oh uh, Tom Brady, and you're down by 20, 21 points in the middle of the game, like, like yeah, you're gonna start. You're panicking a little bit. You're forcing some th- plays. You're making rookie mistakes and creating issues for yourself and the team. I mean, to have three interceptions without a touchdown, to have three fumbles and lose two of them. I mean, it's a five turnover day for Justin Fields. I'm not going to sit there and be like, oh, that's the norm moving moving forward because we've seen him play better than that in other games already this season. But he does need to find a rhythm. The offensive line continues to struggle. I mean, they've gotten better with the run game. Uh, Khalil Herbert has been a great addition and kind of surprise for the bears. And I think that he'll be great moving forward. So they've been getting better in the run game, but you got to protect the quarterback. Can't have him scrambling to make every play. He got sacked four times on Sunday. It's just a team that needs to improve. And again, they will, but you have a bad matchup and it is what it is. The bears. I, I didn't expect them to win coming into this game. I didn't expect them to get blown out necessarily like that, but you take your L's, you take your lumps and you move on from it. They will be better. Um, They do have another tough matchup this week against a great defense in the San Francisco 49ers, but um, I expect the Chicago defense to be better than what they were against the Bucs. I expect Justin Fields to play better, and if anything, we'll at least get a close game out of this. So while I will not sit here and really say much positive for your Bears from this past week, like you're trying to muster for yourself, I will say that I'm not going to expect them to play that poorly either. So um, they're three and four. They got a shot to still go get a wild card spot, um, but we'll we'll see what happens moving forward, man. Yeah, the only other big thing was Mike Evans, dude. You threw the six hundredth career time. He, he didn't know. He didn't it know. He wasn't thinking about it. The stands, and then that fan. Are you kidding me? I would hold on that for oh, life. Yeah. You know how much money that thing is worth. Yeah, he gets. I think a, a side helmet two side like jerseys and two more game tickets and like some like cash yep. to like their team yep. store. Uh, you got a thousand to the team store. Yeah. You got a signed helmet and two jerseys from Brady. He's getting like some Bitcoin from Brady. You got a signed uh, game worn cleats from Mike Evans and sign- they were signed as well. And I think he got season tickets for the rest of this season. But okay. I'm going to say right now, not nearly enough. He needs to learn it's, how to barter, man. Like, come it's on, a you lot. That. But you're uh, right. It's the like legendary. No one has ever thrown six hundred passes ever in a career, and you gave that away for some signed gear. Flag. Granted, yeah. it's a lot. I think in the long run, it'll probably pay off. But like, it'll be a quick payoff by the end of the season. It's like, wow, I really should have waited. I mean, I, and I get that. I, and I get where people are coming from, but here's the thing as well. He gave away all leverage. The moment he handed that ball over to the Buccaneers staff member, I mean, from there, you, you, you've lost all leverage. Obviously, they're going to give you something in return for that. But 
as so, it might sound selfish, everybody. I know because it's not like he did anything to really deserve that ball necessarily. But it's Tom Brady's six hundredth touchdown pass. Yes, that ball should go to Tom Brady at some point. But if you're that fan, take that ball and go to the bank. Just take that ball, get out of the stadium, and get to the bank because they somebody is coming to pay you for that. And as selfish as that, someone is, will be there. Got, yeah, as as selfish as that may sound from us, I mean. That ball is po- is probably worth millions and millions of dollars that uh, he was able to give away. I understand he'll have a great reg- uh, rest of his season as a Bucks fan. He honestly did the- a great thing for Brady and everything as far as NFL history moving forward. But for his own personal life, I mean, he could have made his life right there. <laughs> uh, you're totally right. Uh, I'd be mean, great, you know, person right there to give that ball back. I mean, in the moment, I probably would have too. Like, man, I was that one fan that gave that ball back. But <laughs> some other people, you take that ball. I'm running right upstairs. I'm running. Oh, I'm, I'm out. I'm out. Life. I'm out. I'm out. Point to the crowd. Yep, I know what ball this is. Six hundred. I'm out. <laughs> oh, bucks, people, meet me at the bank. I'll meet you there. Just absolutely. No, but, uh, absolutely crazy. But again, even just Brady. that. Yeah, it's 600 touchdowns, man. What and what more is there to say about that guy? I mean, we know he's done his feet of good at the position. At least uh, I, I would like to tell meet somebody that would say otherwise. But no, 600, tu- yeah, 600 touchdowns, man. There's there isn't anything more to say about Tom Brady. It's just crazy. Like, will he reach 700 before he retires? Maybe <laughs> that's the next question. I don't know. If he plays but, four more years, I say so. But yeah, absolutely. But. Moving on, uh, we appreciate Mickey's three reca- uh, three main recaps from this past week seven of the NFL season, and now we'll get to the Zizzy conversation. Let's start with those Kansas City Chiefs. What is happening in Kansas City? Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not going to sit here and say by any means that their defense is good. It has pretty – other than the fact that they have Tyron Matthew in the back at safety position – they have been garbage. They have been terrible this entire season, and we're starting to try, finally understand how much it's affecting Patrick Mahomes himself as the court, at the quarterback position. I mean, this is the guy that, when we talk about talent, this is the most talented quarterback in the NFL, and I'll still stand by that even after his struggles early on in this season. But when Patrick Mahomes is having to go out there and seeing the fact that he's down by two touchdowns, I mean, they were down – what, 24 to nothing or 21 to nothing before Kansas City had even run 11 plays on offense? Like, you can't do that in the NFL. If you're going to be down, like, you're, you're asking to take a loss in that game. So for Patrick Mahomes to come out, the reason why we're not seeing him be the Patrick Mahomes that we're used to is because of how poorly the defense is playing. He's trying to force things. He's trying to make things happen. He can't settle down in the pocket. We've seen the effect of his tackles being lost from the last couple seasons that aren't there anymore. I, I mean, he's running for his life in every game, and he's making the mistakes that we're just not accustomed to seeing him make. He has eight interceptions on the season. That's something that we would – he almost averages that for an entire season, and we're not even halfway through just yet. So I believe he'll get it together. I believe that their offense will be fine, I mean, especially when you have – the likes of a Tyreek Hill, the likes of a Travis Kelsey. You have um, Demarcus Robinson, some Josh Gordon. Maybe he'll wake up and end up being a part of the offense at some point. But they have names on offense. They'll be fine. Uh, Damian, Daryl Williams and everyone else from the running back. I mean, when Clyde Edwards-Hilaire gets back, they'll be fine on the offensive side of the ball. But if this defense does not pick it up, 
I will become I will continue to be some quite worried, like seriously worried about the Kansas City Chiefs moving forward. This is a team that everyone was talking about being a dynasty at the beginning of the season. And we're looking at them through seven games. They're below 500. What? And I mean, I picked them to beat the Tennessee Titans just because I felt like it was a must win game for them. They need to find the momentum against a solid team. But on the other side of the ball, Tennessee is not playing around this season, man. I mean, Derrick Henry, I don't need to score a rushing touchdown. Let me just throw it instead. I don't, it, I'll do anything out here in the NFL this season. But for him to come out, he gets 86 yards, which is funny to say that is like probably his worst week in the, in the league this season uh, to not break 100 yards. But the man is on pace to break the NFL rushing record still for this season. I know he's got an extra game to help him out, but still, that's incredible. Ryan Tannehill comes out and does his thing for 270 yards. A.J. Brown is starting to wake up the last couple weeks. Julio Jones will always be a threat. I I mean, this is a serious team in Tennessee. They've beaten the Bills and the Chiefs in back-to-back weeks now, who everyone took as serious competitors. They're a great team moving forward. But to me, the biggest question mark is, what is this Chiefs team moving forward? Now, I'm going to talk about what that Chiefs team is, but real quick about that Tennessee Titan team is, they went lost to what the Jets, and I know, right? Oh, yes, and that's what everyone was like, "They're not that serious after that." But, but hold the phone. Yeah, they said, "Hold it, hold it." <laughs> to monumental wins. I mean, the Bills and the Chiefs. We we talk about them being the AFC Championship game, and they just went beat them. Not just beat them, you know, but back to back. And yep. that has something to say about this Tennessee Titan team. Like, if they're playing full strength. Everyone healthy and playing their best football, they can beat anyone in the NFL, and that's scary to see. I mean, Derrick Henry, yeah, had 86 yards, but, you know, the, they always say that, oh, a quarterback is an MVP trophy. So Derrick Henry said, all right, I'll show you I can throw a touchdown pass. Put me in conversation <laughs> being MVP. Um, you already talked about all the highlights of how good those players are, and, I mean, that defense as well, too. I mean, maybe, you know, when they played the Bills, not, like, do the absolute best, but they said, hey, we can do the best against the Kansas they City They held the Kansas City Chiefs to three points. This is uh, supposed to be the most dangerous offense in the league. At least it was predicted to be that. What is going on, man? Maybe it was, you know, a full moon or something, but that was absolutely crazy. I mean, nobody saw that coming. Tennessee Titans fans are cheering, you know, like crazy because that's a huge win for them moving forward. And the Chiefs – Let's talk about them. You got to get something fixed. Did I say the boat was sinking? Did I say that they might be in trouble a few weeks ago? Yeah, you did. You yeah. did. I, I'm really good at uh, on this podcast about being right sometimes. I'll tell you that, <laughs> Mr. Yank. But Kansas City, your boat has a big old hole in it, and it's sinking. If you lose four more games, you might not make the playoffs. All right? A 9-18 and might not make it in the AFC maybe this year, but definitely not in the NFC. So a yeah, nine and eight, 17 games this year. Mm-hmm. You gotta get it fixed. Patrick Mahomes, you have to go score touchdowns. You have to play with that Patty Mahomey swagger. When I was watching some of the games, some of the highlights, you could just tell that, uh, we're down, uh, we're this. Kind of like where Chicago is at, like, oh, we're down to a really good team. And then also, I mean, they're rushing once again. Patrick Mahomes should not be your leading rusher. I, mean, I know he's mobile, I know he's an athlete, he's very talented. But him as a runner just can't help. And you already talked about the 11 times only, like 11 plays before they were down 21-0. Their running game was Darren Williams, five carries for 20 yards, and then Tyreek Hill, one carry, and Chad Henney, one carry. 
yank besides the six by Patrick Mahomes. You have to establish a running game to be a good football team. And in the past, the Chiefs have. The Chiefs will give you 70, 80 yards of, you know, rushing but from their running backs, not just their quarterback. But when you throw the – when you turn over the ball, when you're not getting the ball to your best receivers, I mean, Brian Pringle was their leading receiver. Tyreek Hill, they did a pretty good job. Same with Travis Kelsey, keeping him under 70 yards. But I don't know. Give me one quick second. Uh Uh-oh. Sorry about that. (laughs) No, (laughs) stop the allergies. But this Chiefs team, I don't know if it's necessarily their defense. Their defense is still raw. They still got some good guys on that team. But you played a tough team. You need to figure out something out. You need to take a long week of practice and figure it out. My opinion, I still think they'll make the playoffs, but watch out. Watch out for it because the Chiefs are definitely not the Chiefs of the old. No, they're definitely not the team that everyone was talking about creating a dynasty in and winning eight Super Bowls in three years. I mean, it's not it's not, it's not the team that we're looking at. They do have a chance to bounce back this week against a Giants team that isn't at full strength, even though they're coming off of a big win against the Panthers. Um, to me, To me, this is where they – if they lose this game, it might be over for the Chiefs this week, this year. So um, we we will see what happens moving forward. I do not expect them to go back to back games without scoring a touchdown, especially with Mahomes at the helm. But it's a it's a sinking ship. It's a worrisome story when I'm talking about Kansas City right now. So we'll we'll see what happens. Yeah, about that Kansas City, real quick is next week. Yeah, the Giants. That is the perfect game to go blow them out. You have to blow them out to get your fans. <laughs> Yeah, no, I got you. Um, and then but, next week they play the Packers. Oh boy, that would oh be no better week to show after a big blowout win. Go beat the Green Bay Packers. Like, oh, the Chiefs are actually back. Uh oh, when teams of the lower seeds go and play them, they're going to be a little bit scared. And then they play the Raiders, who is another good ball club. So the Chiefs have this opportunity to patch that hole in the ship up, but they also have the opportunity to fold to say, you know what? We're not good anymore. Let's give up. We'll wait till next year. But I don't think they'll do that. They have a, a great opportunity to show the league that they're the Kansas City Chiefs. Absolutely. And, I mean, I think I like the point that you bring up when it's talking about bringing the fan base and everybody back into it and getting some of those lower-seeded teams. I mean, there's no there's no fear of the Kansas City Chiefs. The last two seasons, you would come into the game, you could almost sense, like, the other teams, like, oh, God, we got to play them. We got to go against them. They can score 21 points in three minutes. Like, what do we what do we do to stop this team? Their defense is hyped up just because of how good the offense is. What are we going to do? And you don't get that sense from anybody. Everybody walking into the game right now is kind of just like, I'm bringing my best game to you. I'm going to run it down your throat. We're going to throw against you. We're going to limit Patrick Mahomes. What? are you going to do about it? We're going to put two safeties high and make him make all the tough decisions. What are you going to do about it? It seems like the fear is on the other side of the field right now. And again, we'll see what happens this week and see if they can gain that momentum moving forward. Because if they win a few games in a row here against some of these tougher opponents, we're talking about a different Chiefs game, uh, team yet again than even right now. So um, like you said, I like that point and we'll see what happens moving forward. Now, For my second game that I want to talk about for the recap this week, let's go back to Thursday night, the Denver Broncos and the Cleveland Browns. I mean, this kind of was a toss-up game. You're looking at the Browns where their injury played. They don't have a starting quarterback coming in. They don't have either Kareem Hunt or Nick Chubb playing in the game. Odell Beckham's coming off of injury. Jarvis Landry's coming off of injury. This is a banged-up 
Cleveland Browns team. But then on the other side of the ball, you got the Denver Broncos who have a hobbled quarterback, Teddy Bridgewater, when he's not able to be as, as mobile as he wants to be. It limits his game because he's great at getting out of the pocket and finding that open receiver when he needs to. But when you're running around with a gimpy calf or a gimpy quad, I believe it was, um, it, it totally limits your ability to make the plays that your team needs, especially when the offense isn't necessarily as explosive as some of the other teams in the NFL. But the biggest takeaway Ernest Johnson, man. I mean, we know that the Cleveland Browns team is real, but this is a guy that comes out uh, as a third string running back and in his first career start almost gets you 150 yards, 146 yards, six and a half yards of carry and a touchdown. I mean, yeah, they're going to welcome back Nick Chubb this week with great hate. I mean, they're going to love having him back this week, but that's got to build you confidence knowing that no matter what you you've got maybe three options at the running back position to be able to help support this team moving forward with or without Baker Mayfield. Case Keenum comes out, doesn't make a mistake, doesn't necessarily blow the cover off the ball or anything like that, but 199 yards, so basically a 200-yard 200, a 200 game, gets his touchdown, doesn't make a mistake, no turnovers. That's big time. Jarvis Landry getting back into the lineup, I mean, that's going to be a big staple for them moving forward if he can stay healthy. I know he left in the fourth kind of re-aggravated that knee injury, but I haven't heard that he will be out this week just yet. But I think that he's their number one receiver um, as far as just the option and how he's played in the system the last few seasons. Odell's been struggling, but, we'll, I mean, he always will have the potential to play well. Uh, Rashard Higgins does his thing. Austin Hooper was doing his thing uh, on a few of those big, long catches. I mean, they made plays when they needed to. And they got a big time win. They needed to be above 500 after this after this week going in to play against the Steelers, and now they are. They're four and three, and they got a big win against the Denver Broncos team that has a big, a great defense. So, um, I just thought it was a really, really big win for Cleveland, and it does bring up the question. I know a lot of people want to talk about it. Is Baker Mayfield the quarterback of the future for the Cleveland Browns? I still believe he is. I don't believe that he really ever plays that poorly to where you can really say, like, no, he's not it. Like, I mean, the Cleveland has been a winning program since he's taken over at the quarterback position. I just think it's about his support from the receiver uh, from from his receiving core. I mean, like I said, uh, Jarvis Landry is his number one target, but when he's not in the game, it hurts Baker's uh, ability to produce a little bit. Odell Beckham has been struggling as far as his namesake goes. So if they can wake up a little bit, if Baker Mayfield can come back healthy without any irritation from his shoulder, I still really like this Cleveland Browns team moving forward. Now, you brought up a lot, and I'm going to touch up on that thing you just said about Baker Mayfield and – I've always been a big Baker fan, especially on the show, but he is just not a fantasy quarterback. He's not a guy that's going to put up no, well, 300 no. yards, three touchdowns. He's going to be the quarterback that wins you games, very similar to what Tim Tebow was. Everyone didn't like Tim Tebow. That's why he's not even in the league anymore as a quarterback, you know, or as anything. But he went and won games, just like Baker Mayfield does. Like you said, he's probably one of the most winningest quarterbacks we've seen in the past 10 years for this team. Now, that's the thing. Yeah, he's no Justin Herbert where he's going to throw for all these yards, throw all these touchdowns. But you also have a great defense, and you have a good enough quarterback, like Baker Mayfield was very good, to get UWs. And like you said, some of the options here and there with the wide receivers, what also helps with the great, great running game. It goes on and on of what helps out Baker Mayfield. And he'll just keep on thriving. He's going to keep on getting better, you know, and so on. Now, that rushing game. You have to – and I'm saying this as a running back. 
you have to credit the offensive line. I mean, oh, 100%. back there, they're going to go produce huge numbers. And, I mean, Dernis Johnson, I went and picked him up in fantasy. It was a great, great pickup. I was living large. But, like you said, Nick Chubb's going to come back. I mean, shout out to Der- uh, Johnson. That was super awesome. But that also gives, you know, in the back pocket, if Chubb's hobbling around a little bit or he needs a breather because, you know, he's been out for a few weeks, you can throw him in and you'll be just fine. I mean, that's just such a good uh, a good sigh for the Browns. <sighs> All right, let's put Johnson in. I feel good about it. Like, we aren't too worried. <laughs> that offensive line is dominant. Granted, Denver Broncos are folding after a really hot start to the season. In my opinion, you start Drew Locke. Teddy Bridgewater is banged up. And why not save your starting quarterback for years come? The Browns are good. They're going to get to your quarterback no matter what. I've seen it firsthand. It's not pretty. So start Drew Locke. Give Teddy Bridgewater a week. It's a short week for them. It was Thursday night football. Give him a week to recover and then throw him back in and let him thrive. Him getting beaten up, getting hit all these times. Let Drew Locke play. Drew Locke's not bad. He was your starting quarterback last year. He's not that bad. Let him play against a good Browns team. Let Teddy get healthy. And then moving forward with that. Uh, also, I mean, very similar. They didn't run the ball like at all, but I know the Broncos are just trying to find themselves as a good team and what they got to do for it. This yeah, I mean, I important on fantasy, but mm-hmm. uh, they have the dudes. They're a young team, and they just got to figure out who their identity is moving forward. Yeah, and I mean, like we said, they started uh, off the season 3-0, and but you have to look at the opponents that they played when they did that. I mean, they started off the season with the Giants, the Jaguars, and the Jets. Those teams are combined to have, what, four wins on the entire season so far? So, oh, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, it's not like their competition to start off the season was all that great. Then they went and played. they had to play the Ravens, who we know is a great team. They had to play the Raiders, which is a great team. They played the Steelers, who had a bounce-back win against them. But and then, of course, this past week with the Browns. So they've had four straight games against quality opponents. Um, It's kind of showing now where their team really stands as far as a competitive level in the league right now. And their offense, I mean, they have the bad players. I mean, they've got the running back duo, Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon. They've got Teddy Bridgewater as long as he's healthy. I mean, they can put in Drew Locke if they need to, and I think that he can produce just uh, just well enough for them to get by. They've got Cortland Sutton at the receiver position, and they have a fantastic defense. But as a whole, they still need a little bit more. they still got some work to do, and it is a young team moving forward, so – We'll see what they're able to do. But right now, they just have to, like you said, continue to work to find their identity. And for the Cleveland Browns, we'll see what happens with them as far as a, a, from a health standpoint, really. I think that's their biggest question moving forward, see how healthy they are at each position, especially on offense. And uh, if they continue to get healthier, they'll continue to get better on the field. So that's a great team, great matchup. It was good to watch on a Thursday night football game, for sure. Now, my third and final matchup, I'm going to be like you, man. I'm going to talk about the team. I'm going to talk about the team. Okay? Miami Dolphins, man. One and six. Oh, and three at home, which also hurts. Um, you know, we're, we're struggling. We are struggling. And there's no, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about that. We come in, we play a Falcons team, which isn't a dominant team by any means. But that team has also completely – changed their identity from the first three games of the season. I mean, this is a team that I also believe started 0-3 to start the season. Now we're starting to see Cordell Patterson taking over a running back slash wide receiver combo position. Uh, Matt Ryan's waking up a little bit. 
Kyle Pitts, man, the last two se- last two weeks, I mean, he has he's been absolutely dominant. I mean, he's the really the reason why the Falcons were able to pull this game out. But for him to have seven catches for 163 yards back to back weeks of over 140 yards receiving, I believe he has the most receiving yards of any tight end to start their career through seven games. Um, just, I mean, what more can you say about that? Their offense has take, taken off a little bit better. Calvin Ridley's always going to be Calvin Ridley, got himself a touchdown. Russell Gage is showing up as a decent number two option there at the receiving position. I mean, they have gotten a lot better than where they were at when they opened the season. I remember we were uh, picking the Jets to beat them early on in the season uh, when that all went down, when everything was not really seeming to go their way. Now, on the Dolphins side of things, it's so hard to judge to attack <laughs> He is one of the hardest players in history for me to really get a feel for. I mean, I believe he's our quarterback, and I like that Coach Flo has come out and continued to say to is our quarterback. There's no other rumor. You don't need to feed into the rumors. He's our quarterback for the season moving forward. Because he does. He shows signs of greatness, and he shows signs of, a young quarter, of being a young quarterback, making mistakes. Um, he goes out. And he brings us back in the fourth quarter, uh, scores 14 points in the fourth quarter for us to take the lead, throws four touchdowns, shows that he has the capability to be a starting quarterback in the league. I mean, he's 32 for 40 with almost 300 yards and four touchdowns. But then on the other side of things, he's also the reason why we were down in the game. You can't throw interceptions in the red zone and you can't throw a pick six in crucial situations. Um so it's really hard to kind of judge where he's at necessarily. I understand why people keep bringing in the Deshaun Watson trade rumors, but I don't think we're going to do it. I think we will stick with two as our quarterback moving forward, and I'm completely fine with that. It's still two a time. Um, I know I was talking about it earlier in the season about, you know, if we get Deshaun, will it be that bad of a thing? No, because he is a top five quarterback. But there's no definite scenario in which we know he would play. We don't necessarily have a great gauge on Tua as a quarterback just yet, just because the defense has struggled. He has the highest drop rate in the NFL as a quarterback from his receivers. The running game is just now maybe waking up a little bit with Miles Gaskin starting to prove himself as the number one running back and the O-line playing just a tad bit better. But even the offensive line is ranked 30th in the league right now. So, I mean, we've got we've got a lot of things to fix Um and it was a lot more than what I thought it was going to be coming in the season. Obviously, I had them as a top five team in the AFC. team lost before the bye to the Tennessee Titans. So they're gonna be very they're gonna be playing with some aggression, let's just say that. And Miami, uh I'm sorry, let's just move on to the next week, even after week eight. Um yeah, yeah fins up, uh I guess. Um Tua Time is trying to show that he is that starting quarterback. I would agree with you. Like he definitely is a quarterback in the NFL. Jalen Hurts is so better. Just has to throw that out there. But 
you are right with the drop rate and with like the defense giving up 30 to Atlanta Falcons. Like, man, Atlanta Falcons are not that good of a team. Yeah, they're three and three. Yeah, they're beating the teams that, you know, they probably should. But Matt Ryan, you know, having a little fun over there. And Cordell Patterson finally becoming like a lead guy, which is really cool because he was an ex bear once upon a time. But I mean, you already said it. Three thirty six by Matt Ryan and throwing a lot of it to Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts is, uh, you know, giving Demar Chase a run for his money, like a tight end running winning rookie of the year. I could see it. I'd ship it. Um, but he's kind of the only contender to Jamar Chase is Kyle Pitts. He, he's phenomenal. He's a great and kind of what the uh, Falcons definitely needed to give another receiving option. And tight ends are just that different breed. Block. Uh, they got to do everything, and Kyle Pitts is definitely that guy who can do everything for a team in the NFL. And now the Falcons, lucky for them, I mean, they went and pulled off a W. The Dolphins try to make a miraculous comeback, but, you know, they just fell a little bit too short. So, you know, best thing I want to say is let's move on to next week. But like you said, oof, <laughs> they play the Buffalo Bills. <laughs> So, a potential one and seven start. Now they can come back and shock the nation. And we've seen almost everything happen here in the NFL this year. Come back and play. Oof. You know, like I was saying. Now we're going to go look at that Falcons team. Moving on, they go play the Panthers. I think this is a walk in the park for the Falcons because the Panthers are just like the Broncos. Like the Bulls were three, you know. Here we go. Sam Darnold didn't need that. No. Sam Darnold is boo boo. I've had him on fantasy. I believed in him. I thought he was going to get all these rushing touchdowns, Yank, and he didn't. And he's been awful. And watch. As soon as I drop him, he's going to start going off and go off against the Falcons. So, I really just don't know. Anyway, though, back to that recap about the Falcons. I had to throw that out there because I was furious about it. No, it's all good. I mean, for the Mickey uh, Zizzy Fantasy Football League, I picked him up and started for uh, a streaming quarterback while Josh Allen was on that. And, uh, thanks for those two points, Sam. I appreciate that. Yeah, two. I had him in another fantasy league. I think it was the one with all the boys. Two. Two points? Ugh. You know, things you hate to see, but Falcons, I mean, they, they might squeeze in a playoff run. Probably not because the NFC is so stacked this year. But uh, like you said, they're definitely changing their identity. They said, hey, we're not an 0-3 team anymore. Let us go 4-0 for the next four games. But Yeah, I mean, and don't be wrong. It's not like their wins have come against crazy great opponents. I mean, their three wins against the Giants, the Jets, and the Dolphins, who have been struggling as well. But their losses are also against teams that play pretty solid. I mean, Tampa Bay is one of their losses. Washington is kind of a – it depends on the week with them. But, I mean, they're a solid competitor as well. So you're looking at – Teams like that that they've lost to and the teams that they've won against, they should. But now they get a chance to go above 500 against a struggling Carolina team without Christian McCaffrey. Still, uh, we'll see what they're able to do moving forward. I just really like what their offense has done, and it has totally changed the perception of their team moving forward. Fins, please help me this week. At least, at least maybe shock the world. Just shock the world. He says shock the world. Sorry, <laughs> Fins. Fins down. Uh, the Buffalo Bills. Are about to run laps around the Dolphins this week. That's my prediction there. I got you. I got you. But with that being said, there's our three-game recap from each of your co-hosts here on the Mickey Zizzy Podcast. Now, as always, we end our NFL recap with the lightning round recap of the games that we have not necessarily discussed just yet. And we'll go through them just now. So the first game that we're talking about is the Packers and the Washington football team. The Packers get a 14-point win. The football team blew it. They could have won. Green Bay's not that good. 
Actually, they probably are. But Washington team blew it. You fall on the one yard line. Yeah, I, I really hate the whole sliding, stopping your progress call, especially on that play, I guess. I mean, it's obvious that he's not getting touched before he gets in the touchdown. I say you give Heineke that that touchdown, but, I mean, rules are the rules. If you're going to do it, dive head first, I guess, at this point. But uh, Washington's defense has been a struggle. The Packers are the number are from our number two pick coming into this season in the NFC. Obviously, we watched them on Thursday night and the Arizona Cardinals undefeated season. They're a great team. That's all you got to say. All right, next game that we didn't talk about would be the New York Jets and the New England Patriots in a blowout win for the Pats. The Patriots are eating some 50 burgers on the sideline. Bill Belichick loves playing against the Jets. Absolutely, man. I mean, the Jets are a struggling team. Now they have Zach Wilson out for a few weeks. Jeez, uh, I mean, what more is there really to say? They're already 1-5. Probably going to be looking at one and six after this uh, next week. But, um, I mean, Damian Harris, Mac Jones did everything that they needed to do for the Patriots to get a convincing divisional win. Uh, next game was that Panthers and Giants game. We mentioned a little bit with Sam Darnold, but what's your take? The Giants have some life. Danny Dimes with the one-handed catch. Is that Opel Beckham Jr.? Odell Beckham Jr.? I do not know, but a 25-3 to W, like you said. The Giants needed it. They really did. Against a, you know, a some people would say solid now, not too solid Panthers team. Yeah, I mean, what surprises me in this game is the lack of defense from the Carolina Panthers. I mean, through their first three games when they go 3-0, and I thought that the Panthers were the best defense in the NFL to start the season. Just the way that they were playing with their scheme, the way that their defensive line was getting pressure on the quarterback. And now they've lost four straight. They've looked like they lost their identity. The Giants came out and did exactly what they need to do. Sam Darnold is struggling heavily right now. I mean, to get benched for the backup halfway through the game says enough. Uh, we'll see what happens for them moving forward. As for the Giants, they just got to get healthy, man. No Saquon. A lot of their receivers banged up. Uh, no Tony this past week. If they can get him back, who knows? The Giants may be better than a 2-5 and five team. All right. The next game that we haven't talked about yet would be the Philadelphia Eagles and the Las Vegas Raiders. And the Raiders continue their win streak since the fire in the Jordan. Yeah, the Raiders have definitely been a roller coaster of a team, up and down, up and down. And now they're a five and two ball club, and now we're kind of seeing, oh, that Raiders team is all the way back. And now Philly, they got a new head coach. I really don't like them that much. Uh, they got to figure out something in Philly. I don't think they're a two and five. They might be the best two and five team out there. But uh, they are always a force to be reckoned with each week. But the Raiders are trying to keep a consistent roller coaster ride with a winning being in the winning column. Yeah, with the Eagles, there's two things that I say. One, Nick Sirianni might be the worst pay, play caller in the NFL. I think that watching watching them on offense is one of the most atrocious things I've ever seen. They will run the same play three times in a row, regardless if it works or not. And then they turn around and try and throw a random play action or something late on third down or even fourth down. That's, that's never going to work if you're going to continue to do that week in and week out. It has not changed. Second, Jalen Hurts is the craziest fantasy quarterback of all time. Like, I don't understand it. Their team will be struggling. He'll have eight points heading into the fourth quarter, and then he explodes to end up with 25 almost every single week. So just watching him is just really fun and amusing, honestly, as a fantasy. Uh, so he's carrying us in the Mickey in the Mickey Dizzy League, so I appreciate him right now. Um, or actually, I think that's the other one. I think that's our Owl League. But either yeah. way, the Raiders. The Raiders, though. Um, Derek Carr is elite, man. 
I, I've said it a couple times this season. I do believe that for him to go 31 for 34, almost have as many touchdowns as he did in completions with receivers that, albeit, I don't think are all that dominant. He didn't even have Darren Waller playing this past week, and they go out and they win convincingly. The Raiders are a much better team than we realize, and they might have even got better ever since John Gruden left. All right, next game that we want to talk about is the blowout win from the formerly undefeated Arizona Cardinals versus those Houston Texans. 31-5. to five. Is this baseball? Uh, yeah, five points. Kind of <laughs> ugly. But uh, Houston Texans are, I want to say, the doormat of the NFL right now. They have so many in-house problems. You just need to either do a clear, clear house of legit everyone and everything I don't know, maybe move the team. Right now, it's just going all downhill real fast. And the Cardinals, like, everyone was a little worried in the beginning, but then they finally turned it on. And the Cardinals are a legit team. They are a very good team. So, we'll see what they do move forward, especially after that loss on Thursday. But a convincing win. Easy W for them over the Texans. Absolutely. I mean, we know how real the Cardinals are. We're a Kyler Murray podcast. We expect them to do, do well. We expect him to do well. D Hop is a great is one of the best receivers in the league. They've got a great receiving core. Other than that, Christian Kirk, AJ Green, even after his, I don't know what the heck he was doing on Thursday night, but it's a great team. Uh, the only negative is for them moving forward, losing JJ Watt for most likely the season. I would like to yeah. see how that affects their defense moving forward. As for the Houston Texans, they are the doormat of the league right now. However, I do want to see what happens whenever Tyrod Taylor can return from injury. That was their one win against the Jacksonville Jaguars in week one, and Tyrod Taylor looked great in that game. And then they came back and were playing the Colts tough, I believe it was. Um, they're, they're, They're a lot better team with Tyrod Taylor at the helm. I just want to see what happens whenever he gets back from injury. I don't think that's going to be this week, hopefully next week. But as of right now, you're right. They're the doormat of the league. All right. Now, I just mentioned the Colts. They were the next game on the list. The Colts and the 49ers. Colts winning in the monsoon. Yeah, in the monsoon. Um, walk it to him once. Kind of, he just looked like the better quarterback that day. I mean, when I was watching the game, I was like, the Colts just look like the team that's going to win. I know that's really weird to say, but I just kind of went into it. I said San Francisco would win, but then I was just looking at it. I'm like, the Colts just look ready. I don't know, something about yep. something in the water, but both teams trying to find – Trying to save face here, trying to get uh, get a few more wins in that win column. But uh, Colts, uh, tough W, like you said, in the monsoon. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the Colts, they might be only three and four after that win, but, I mean, they might be the best three and four team in the NFL right now. I mean, just by the way they've been playing over the past few weeks. I think that Carson Wentz has been instrumental. I think he's been great regardless of the record uh, that they have right now as a team. I think that he's shown – Exemplary, exemplary leadership. He's made great throws. I mean, the throw that he made to Michael Pittman with it downpouring like that, that late in the game to get that touchdown to go ahead and take the lead for good. I mean, that was big time. So for them to do that, he's great. Jonathan Taylor has reawoken his season after a kind of slow start through the first four games or so, but another 100-yard game for him. The Colts are looking a lot better moving forward. As for the 49ers, I did pick them as well. I think that their defense is fantastic, but their offense has to figure it out. Um, They're struggling. It might have just been because of the rain. Who knows? But we'll see what happens with them moving forward. They've got a tough matchup with the Bears this week. All right. And then finally was, I believe, the Monday night game. The New Orleans Saints pull out a close one against the Seattle Seahawks. What you got? People think the Saints are good. I'm sorry I'm going to negate that. 
and say no. I know they had the big win in week one, but Jameis is not playing like old Jameis, but he's not playing like a team that's going to do something in the playoffs. The Seahawks are banged up. They're playing with Geno Smith, and they only beat them by three on Monday night. Saints, go out next week and the next weeks and surprise me. Seahawks, just get healthy. Get Russell Wilson back in there so you can try to squeeze in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, to me, that's the biggest takeaway from this game is that they won by three, but you're playing a team, a Seattle Seahawks team, that is without their starting quarterback and running back. I mean, Chris Carson's been on the IR for a while. Russell Wilson's on the IR until about week 10, maybe even later. Um, With them at the helm, I don't don't believe that Seattle loses this game as close as it was. Um, Jameis Winston. I mean, yeah, I'm with you. I don't, I don't believe in this Saints team as much as a, I should for a four and two uh, record. Like, I, I don't like what they've necessarily done to this point. They had that big win against Green Bay, but other than that, it's kind of been a struggle week in and week out. The biggest thing is just that Jameis Winston hasn't turned the ball over much. If he continues to take care of the ball, he'll at least give them a chance every week. But I'm with you. I don't think that this is a crazy great team moving forward or maybe even a play. They might make playoffs, but I don't see them as a major threat as of right now in the NFC. All righty. Is that the, uh, I believe that concludes our lightning round recap for this week in the NFL. Is there any final takes that you have? Uh, I mean, it is Saturday morning, early afternoon here, and we are heading into uh, week eight starting tomorrow. You got anything for me? I'm going to have a great week eight football weekend you know i we, it's just like a huge transition you know when you're at the casino you're like hey i've, I've hit red seven times in a row it's gotta be black so here <laughs> we go we're betting off this week let's go i'm super excited for a life-changing football weekend i don't know let's bring it on yeah i'm hoping for a bounce back when uh bounce back week as far as the nfl pickums i mean that was my worst week to the uh to this point was through week seven so uh Got to bounce back, make sure that I keep this uh, at least a one-game lead going on. I got to follow the leader, everybody. But last thing, all good? All good. All right, everybody. Make sure you enjoy your weekend. Make sure you catch up on sports. Enjoy your Halloween holiday. If you're going to a costume party, send us pictures just because we like to see them. It's always fun. But if you're talking sports, this the matchup. Mickey here with Zizzy Yoey cutting it up. Just a couple athletic enthusiasts. You know what it is, the Mickey Zizzy podcast. Have a great day, everybody. Peace. Peace.